Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular program is Star Wars Rank. Main guest ranking things in Star Wars, and man, we've got a fun one today. This could go anywhere. That's because me and my guests are going to be talking about what ifs in Star Wars. It's our favorite Star Wars what ifs, and this guest is the one and only Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello, sir. But what if I wasn't? What, what choice would have had to happen for me to be not Joseph Scrimshaw? That's fun to think about. Yes. You can uh, go a, a little uh, out of your mind with that. but <laughs> it's a, It is a philosophy circle, a whirlpool to the, to the depths of our souls. Uh, this, this, Joseph, is going to be fun because this phrase, this term, this title, this, this concept of what if floating around the nerd sphere a lot lately. And we love living in that nerd sphere. We've been in there our whole lives. Uh, and this uh, Marvel What If series that's on Disney Plus has got people talking about it. That, of course, was uh, based on a comic series, so it's not necessarily new. And again, the question of what if is not necessarily new in anything, especially Star Wars. We've been having these conversations on playgrounds, in bars, on podcasts for quite literally decades. So, Joseph, <laughs> we are going to be diving into Star Wars What Ifs, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. I mentioned before I uh, had uh, comic books growing up that were clearly just like both my father and grandfather at different times went and just 
grabbed what was ever on the newsstand. And mm. one of those comics was a what if. So I've had this idea rattling around in my brain of like, what is the significant moment to shift where a character could become something different or the world could go down a whole different path. And I'm so excited to see that finally on the uh, the big small screen on Disney Plus there with uh, what if. Watch the first episode of that. Uh, really enjoyed Captain Carter. Can't wait to get caught up. And I'm very excited to see on social media all the discussion going around with Star wars because i think it, it's a it's a great marvel tradition popped up and you know mm-hmm. storytelling everywhere as you're saying but star wars is so much about you know other characters telling each other what they think their destiny is and then yeah. destiny brings a character to a point of choice and there's always that fun tension in is a certain event in star wars is it always going to happen no matter what or could a character make a different choice so i feel like what if is almost even juicier from that Star Wars perspective. Yeah, it's it's a fun one, and it's a question that I I've struggled with over the years because I uh, and 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 I'll, I'll make a passing reference to discourse of the last couple of years. Just a simple "what if" question can be weaponized and used against the stories we love, right? Which is is, right. is a different conversation. This isn't about that today. But even going back before that. I've always kind of taken in Star Wars, Game of Thrones, whatever it is, whatever it's an ongoing series in which I'm learning new things about the the, the saga and the stories and the characters. I always take it as a, as a living document. And if a character does something, uh, even if I question it as a, as a, as a viewer, I, I take it as, oh, so that's what that character did. And over the last couple of years, I mean, not just with Force Center five years ago, but really over the last year or two, as you and I have really drilled down on the themes, and I've spent a lot of time in this uh, Force Center bubble with you, analyzing stories in that way, this engage with what's presented to you. What if questions become even more complicated for me? Because I'm like, no, no, I, I want to study what's there. Uh, what's there will be my podcast. Uh, what if can sometimes uh, it's it, it's throwing it's uh, throwing you, you know, the scent off the trail there. It's it's uh, it's 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 a little distracting for me. So I got to admit, I struggled to release myself and just enjoy it, enjoy these kind of questions for in, in prep for this episode, Joseph. It, this is a going to be an interesting another maybe growth point for me. Can I not worry about discourse and can I just ask some questions about the stories I love? I love that you went through this process and I think it's so great that you're articulating it at the top because yeah, a lot of these conversations are at risk of becoming what should have been. It would have been cooler if. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what's really intriguing about what if questions are, what are the critical choices that truly make a difference? And if, if there's a moment where a character makes a critically different choice will it just be a minor like aesthetic mm-hmm. change because something was kind of always going to happen or is it that kind of thing or like, no, it would be a truly entirely different story. And that's, what's interesting about it. Not, you know, this, this is the way the writer should have written the story, Yeah, yeah. but you know, based on who the character truly is based on the actual state of the galaxy, what would be the cascade effect? Right. I almost was trying yeah. to think about it more about like, you know, pool balls, right? Of like, yeah. what would happen if you took a different shot? Yeah, yeah. Clink, bank it off the left. Clink over there. Yeah. I rearranged <laughs> balls in my mind. That's what I did, Ken. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and like point, like to be blunt, I guess, my point is, I just sometimes, a what if question, I don't care. And so <laughs> this, this- What if I didn't give a damn? Yeah, because I'm, I'm always like, well, it didn't happen that way. And But guess what? I kind of view life like that at times. I get lost in nostalgia of 
if I if I had done, I think about that all the time. Who doesn't drive around their hometown and think, what if I never left? I do that too. But I, I also really come down on the side of, but I didn't, and I'm here now. And I fail at that sometimes, and I succeed in that sometimes. <laughs> so when I sat down, and this was, uh, I think, uh, uh, I think, did you suggest this one out, outright, or maybe did this? Sometimes we come to an agreement, but uh, uh, I think I suggested just because uh, yeah. because people were talking about it so much, and I realized that yeah. it's been on our list for a long time. Yeah, and so to be honest, like it's a great idea, and I'm like, yeah, business wise, this makes sense. Let's, let's tap into this. And I had to sit down on my couch. No, no TV on, nothing, no distractions. And look, I looked up at my books, my Star Wars books, which just go through all the timelines, replayed all the movies. And then that's what I had to ask myself and what we're about to get into, Joseph. Like, all right, so if I don't care about what ifs, what do I care about in asking these questions and in these stories? What makes me go, ooh, I wonder. And I think I, I ended up being happy with my list. So we'll see. I think your list is great, and I'm so excited to hear the the reasoning and the sort of uh, spitballing of what would have changed, you know, right? Because that's, yep. that's the big what-if question. What-if, uh, butterfly infect, uh, effect, uh, indeed. But all right, let's get to it. You are going to start us off. We work five to one, and we are going to begin with your number five what-if question in Star Wars. Uh, my number five, I needed to start with just, I think, for me, the the biggest one, the one that jumps to mind, the one that we have gotten as a question over uh, these years of podcasting many times. It can be framed differently. You can choose the moment. It, it may or may not happen differently, uh, but it is such an essential one. I wanted to start with it. It is, what if Leia made it to Obi-Wan Kenobi on Tatooine and managed to just deliver uh, R2 and the Death Star plans uh, herself. Oh, I guess she didn't, wouldn't need to deliver R2 because she'd have yeah. the Death Star plans. Uh, put them in R2 as a backup. Uh, but if Leia made it, skip Luke, made it to the hut herself, not Jabba the Hut, Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut, uh, what would change? Mm. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's so fascinating for me because as Star Wars grew, and evolved and changed even under the uh, creative leadership of George Lucas, where he had this initial thought of like, oh, there is another Jedi. There's Luke, Luke has a, a twin, uh, it's a woman. And oh, wait, no, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to compress the story and I'm going to make that Leia. Um, right. And then everything everything shifts a little bit and everybody has these questions about, you know, uh, who is the chosen one uh, between these children? Is there a chosen one or is that? you know, just something our characters believe in mm -hmm. that isn't, you know, a thing, <laughs> right? you know? Um, so for me, what is really interesting about this, uh, what if is how Obi-Wan would handle it. And that's where I really mm -hmm. tried to dig in is like, yeah. how, how would the characters respond? Right. Because uh, Obi-Wan for uh, reasons that maybe we'll get to see in the Kenobi show has come to some amount of peace in the belief that Luke is destined to take up the mantle and can really make a difference uh, can help save the galaxy. But he knows factually, right, that Leia also has that power. Mm -hmm. So if she comes to Obi-Wan, does Obi-Wan just say, spinning the story out, does he just say, this is the will of the Force. I've been sitting here watching over, guarding, you know, at the end of my my uh, exile here, believing that Luke is the one who, who fate will deliver to my doorstep when the time is right. And here it is, Leia. Does he just accept that? Or does he go and collect Luke? Mm. And I think he'd be so torn because I think there's a possibility that he just accepts the will of the force of Leia. Bale has sent Leia to me. The time is right. You know, 
technically Anakin didn't say, you know, uh, I want my son to have this saber. Uh, yeah. He said, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and Obi-Wan interpreted that as please give this lightsaber to my children. <laughs> so true. Um, so would he, would he give the, the Saya, the, 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 the Saya, would he give the saber to Leia and leave Luke out of it? Because he also has the motivation of putting them together is dangerous because it makes them targets. Yeah. Or would he say, all right, I will accept the will of the force that Leia came here. I will tell her, her lineage. And, but then I'm also going to go get Luke too. And how would it change things if Leia and Luke knew that they were, twins and that they were on this journey together yeah yeah this is so as do i care about this one yeah this is the big one this is <laughs> and i think it's a great way to kick off the list here uh almost free form conversation right it's so these what ifs kind of lend themselves to almost questions upon questions one thing I, i'm pulling out of what you're saying here what i love here is this idea of yeah he's at we know he, we know he knows of leia we know he knows of he's there for luke but they don't know how, you know, when, when, when the signs start showing up, they, they, that wasn't part of the plan. Uh, so as, as the rebellion's grown and Bale obviously has something, you know, to do with that there, they might be getting some updates. Who knows? Obi-Wan's opening up some emails. I don't know. But the fact that it's Leia shows up, what does that make him do? Like, oh, is it a convergence of all the fates? Or is this the fate? I, I'll say this. I think, and I don't even know if, this or know if it's fair to Leia and her skills. Yoda would have some thoughts on that. I do think he goes and says, hold on a second. We got to go pick someone up. Yeah, I kind of lean toward that, of that he would accept Leia and and start her on her journey, but yeah. take the risk of putting them together. Because I don't think he's leaving Luke there. I mm -hmm. think he's still saying to Leia, I think Leia's coming there saying, you're my only hope. And I think he's still responding the way that he did to Luke of like, mm -hmm. no, uh, there is another. And, and actually it's you. Right. Um, and then I think there's even that possibility that he does go get Luke too. And it's like, and we have another, <laughs> another person to take us on this journey. I know a young pilot who would be very good to <laughs> bring with us. Um, I think, you know, not to bury the lead. I think the yeah. reason that people ask this question, uh, I don't mean to get overly Kenobi focused. Uh, mm -hmm. That's just a risk in my day-to-day -day life to be too <laughs> Kenobi focused. A lot of this question is about how would have Leia handled that burden, right. you know? Right. And the fact that she has been trained since birth to be responsible for, you know, a planet, uh, for being a part of the galaxy. Now she's responsible for helping to lead mm -hmm. this rebellion. Would Kenobi just have an epiphany of like, she's ready to shoulder the burden <laughs> yeah, and say, I know this is a lot, but this is, I feel comfortable telling you the full story and would Leia have been in a better place yeah. to get, you know, all, all the secrets out and to move forward with the full knowledge, the full truth of the legacy of the Skywalkers, get that blade, get that training, all the truth on her side would, would things have uh, been resolved more quickly. Possibly, then then it's like a what if underneath the what if of, uh, you know, then does Leia not have a, a career as a leader in the rebellion or to the degree she has that even what we see in the New Republic era of, uh, this, you know, other than the Ben Solo stuff aside of my places at the, in the government. So I, I, but I think you're right. The burden, I, I think, I think, <laughs> I think almost to a comic degree, Kenobi would be like, you know what? I think I could tell you something. Um, <laughs> sit down for a second. Uh, and then, but hey, do me a favor. We're going to go pick up this kid. Don't say anything yet. <laughs> that, that would be, I think, a true jerk move on Kenobi. Of like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, just lie to the farm boy. Go with me on it. Yeah. And then does, uh, 
But what does Owen say? You know, now now the now all, all you know the droids Leia and Kenobi show up at the front door. Hey, we we got we got it's time. You know, does Owen fight it too? And does he even fight it more? Because now it's like you are that is a damn fool idealistic uh, idealistic crusade. You got a you got a senator here. Yeah, you show up with a, a senator who is allegedly your your yeah. sister, and yeah, yeah. Mm. How would mm. yeah the the I could do happily uh, eighteen what if just about oh yes yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so yeah you could th- this is what's uh, so great and I think so fun about this discussion is the the ones that are intriguing all the questions cascade so we could talk about each one you know yeah. for you know a super long time because that's what's the p- power of a good what if is it would actually change a lot of things yeah and, and way we're just we're highlighting these wonderful big. Uh, choices that Star Wars is uh, presenting all of us here, and it's a lot of fun. So, all right, that's a big one. Uh, yeah, you're right. We could spin off into what ifs after what ifs after what ifs with that one there, but uh, I love that one. It's a great way to start the list at number five. Uh, my number five, what well, we are staying on Tatooine, but actually we're not staying on Tatooine because my what if is, what if Luke goes away to the Imperial Academy? <laughs> what if Owen finally says, God, I'm so tired of you asking. Um... Baru's on, you know, you can't keep him here anymore. She's got a better perspective here. You can only uh, be there when it goes wrong. You got to let him go learn. Uh, she knows what's at stake, but I get a sense of that dinner table, that blue milk dinner. I get a sense that she understands. I get who's who's his dad. You can't hold him here. Owen, you cannot keep doing that eventually. He, if we don't let him, he'll run away. I, right. I think that's her perspective. So what if Owen says, Baru, you're right. And Luke goes away to the Imperial Academy. And the question I ask myself is, 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 is if he's truly a child of destiny, does it find, uh, does, does, does he find his way in another, uh, another way? Uh, and, and my thought was Biggs, his pal Biggs, who, uh, you know, Imperial Academy is just a, a way to get off the rock. For Luke, right? Yep. I don't think he has any loyalty to this idea. He says as, as much many times. So I does he make that that decision when faced with uh, now it's just a simple decision of of a moral choice not going off to be a great warrior like his father which is kind of part of what his journey becomes real fast but instead is I'm in my training and uh, you know I, I knew a guy named Bodie Rook and uh, he did I don't he 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 was a traitor or was he a hero and how does Luke look at that? And does he yeah. make that decision? And now destiny becomes, it's almost the same path from another side. Does he learn the force? Does he pick all that stuff? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But does he still make that particular journey? Kind of a, the the hero's journey in another way, but not wanting to be a hero, just wanting to help him do what's right in the galaxy. Yeah. What I love about this is it is it's so intriguing. It is absolutely a what if about Luke Skywalker, but I also just feel like it's a great what if about Brew White Sun Lars. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because it's uh, the inciting incident, which is always fun to think about of like what actually makes the change in the what if, what, what is the left turn instead of the right, you know, in, in yeah. what you're framing is it's Brew really gives her husband a talking to. Yeah. <laughs> it says make a different change. But the other Brew thing to me about this is, I feel like Luke can uh, be grumpy, impatient. We've discussed that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think people are drawn to him because he is uh, a kind, caring figure. And he yeah. always returns to that, no matter how grumpy or impatient or disillusioned he becomes. He always returns to, I care. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, has got to be with uh, 
not only the the legacy of that tradition in his family between Shmi and Anakin's compassion and, and Padme's compassion, mm-hmm. uh, but being raised by Baru to yeah. be a caring person. And I imagine him seeing for himself at the Academy, the true horror of the empire very quickly. I imagine him hearing the story of Bodhi Rook and feeling in his bones that Bodhi Rook was not a traitor. He was brave, right? So I don't think Luke managed to stay in the Academy long at all. Yeah, no, and, and Biggs is, uh, correct me on the details that deleted scene. He shows up, he's saying he's going to get out of there, right? He's not. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, Star Wars takes place over the course of, uh, you know, a couple of days, right? <laughs> so, so, so Biggs is, when they, when they meet on Yavin, it, it's relatively new, you know, it's, uh, it's there. So yeah, I think you're right. I think he still makes that decision. And, and a lot of it is, um, is to that up- upbringing by Baru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other favorite thing to me about that one is uh, I'm so obsessed with Kenobi. This affects him too, right? Because imagine he's just, he's making some stew out of whatever vermin he caught. And he just suddenly gets the, the sense from the force. And he's like, holy bleep. <laughs> he's leaving. <laughs> what the hell? He's leaving. Luke, he goes it's, chasing uh, after him. You know, so Kenobi's not going to sit in that hut. He's going to follow, right? Yeah. Or he's he gets to the uh, the airport. I, I, Luke, I got to tell you something. Ben, what are you doing here? I got to tell you, you can't, yeah, I got to tell you something. <laughs> we got to chat. Or does he just <laughs> follow from a distance? Does yeah. he uh, force trick his way into pretending to be uh, an Imperial instructor at the Academy? Oh, I think yeah. probably not. <laughs> Sky Strike Academy. Yeah, but he is certainly not just going to sit there. No. You know, he's going to keep his eye on Luke. Love that. I love that. Well, we'll never know. We'll never know the, the great thing nope. of all these questions. So that's my number five, which means we're up to your number four. What if in Star Wars? Uh, my number four is going a little bit in a different place. A lot of these are the uh, the Force characters, the fate, the destiny. Mm-hmm. They're so tied up in that. Those big choices are the ones that radiate out. But I wanted some variety as well. So I also just look to my emotions. If there are those moments in uh, storytelling where you know the kind of the tragic thing has to happen, uh, for this, the story to truly be powerful, but then you kind of just go like, oh, but but what if the tragedy didn't have to happen kind of thing? And that's where this one is coming for. Mm. from. Uh, my number four is Kira, even though she knows the danger of Maul and has this life philosophy of everybody serves somebody and you got to find a way to make it work and get your own power. What if she looks at all that and she throws it out the window and she looks at Han and she has this romantic notion of all those adventures they could have together. And in that split second on the first light, she's like, actually, no, I'm coming with you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. He turns around the elevator. She turns around. With, she puts on that ring. She almost puts it in the device. She knows it's going to be nothing but trouble. She knows Maul's going to be coming for them. And, and, you know, she's got, I think, this push-pull mm-hmm. of, and we even see it in the movie of, like, it's this this cute fantasy that Han has that you can run around free. But yeah. her, her rough life experiences have taught her her philosophy that everybody serves somebody, right? Yeah. But that is a push-pull between am I going to be lean towards realism slash cynicism yeah. or am I going to allow myself, you know, optimism and and daring, maybe even foolish, maybe even naive hope, right? And yeah. if she goes like, I'm the hell with it. This is really hard, but I'm going to choose naive hope. And she runs off with Han and her and Han and Chewie have some fun adventures. Mm. And then Han finds out the force is real much sooner. <laughs> yes. Like, yes, on the flight out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because uh, I'm sure Maul's waiting for his call. Right. 
He's got about be, this right? Quaxium deal, and eventually nobody calls him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe my favorite Luleal Primox eventually calls him all. Like, I never got paid uh, for those last gigs. I guess everybody's dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead. What's going on? He's dead or gone. Eventually, Maul's uh, getting up off of Dathomir and, uh, yeah. and going to get his money. Right? Looks like we'll be working a lot closer, Lulilo. Yeah, but that I mean, and that, that this is one that's for me like just like thinking of um, the actual storytelling of like mm-hmm. even a half an hour animated show like the Marvel one of like that's that's a real fun what if of Kira going with Han, but Han kind of seeing that there's something pulling at her, and mm-hmm. uh, they're hanging out at uh, at Maz uh, Kanata's castle. Uh, Han's just feeling great, high on life. He's so right; everything worked out. He's with his best girl. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, mm. Maul walks in. You know, and just lifts him in the air with the force and throws him across Maz's bar. Like that's just some like fun stuff. You know, fun imagery. Yeah, no, I love this idea of you know because it's almost like you're asking you ask you ask Kira this big question of cynicism versus hope, but this idea of you know can she address the fact that even though she's always all the stuff hanging over her head, I think most wanted by Ray Carson really highlights a little bit of. um, I don't want to say joy, but you know, there's a little bit about that life too, uh, and 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 the rise in power. There's 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 something to it for Kira as well. She likes a little bit of that from from my money, but absolutely, she likes the nice things. Yeah, likes the nice things and, and values it, and, and and it's and it's a way up and out. Um, so so it's like asking her. Like I I think she she's heavy hearted. She's doing a lot of that protect Han, but right, like she's turning that. She's turning that dial to call Maul a little bit because it's like, all right, I I wanted this as well. Like even if it's on a smaller level. So does she want to give up that for this life with Han? I'm I'm my what if if this is a half hour animated doesn't involve Maul coming to get them. It it involves uh, her going. Oh, I chose my high school boyfriend, and oh my god, he's the same. <laughs> he's the same. Oh, there's just a reason I left him. Oh my god even though another breakup was a little different. Um, so I think I'm fascinated with that too, of just like, could she, I mean, you're exactly what you're saying. Like Han, so let me tell you about what we just left. And let me tell you about the red lightsabers and the force. She knows a little bit something's there. And, and is Han, I, Han, you know, I don't think he takes it. And I think that's a relationship that ends in six months and she's <laughs> on to bigger and better. <laughs> yep, that is a that is a date with reality, right? Yeah, it yeah. starts out fun, but then old reality comes knocking. Yeah, well, in hey. different forms, either mall or a breakup. Reality is coming. <laughs> yeah, could just be the Star Wars rom com uh, series that we always wanted. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's my number four. Kira leaves with Han at Ooh, the end of Solo. It. Love it. Great question. My number four is uh, going to Rogue One. And one of my favorites, you know, I love Admiratus. I love when he slaps that flipper down and says, yeah. let's fight. And then he does fight. And Mon Mothma smiles because she knows this was probably the right decision that we needed to do. And Radish shows up to, uh, in part, uh, save the day over Scarif. But what if Admiratus did not take his ships to Scarif? What oh, no. It's sad. What if he's like, ah, oh, stupid Noah Jabal. Uh, but, he, but he kind of respects chain of command or what's going on and I will figure it out. And what if he doesn't get there or at least doesn't get there in time and Mm -mm. everything goes wrong on Scarif and they do not get the plans out. Now the Death Star still exists and the Death Star probably is going to start coming for the rebels. So they still have to deal with that and they might not know how to take it down, but what does the rebellion do? And does that mean Someone like uh, Noah Jabal is like, wait a minute, 
they destroyed scare like that space ball destroyed. Oh, I can't deny it anymore. Does he have a change of heart? Does he run and hide? Do more people scatter? Scatter? Does the rebellion die, or do they come together for some last ditch effort? Uh, different from the one that we saw. But luckily, we don't have to ask this question too often because Raddus did what Raddus did. But I've always uh, loved that scene. So what if he just kind of went? Uh, I'm going back to my ship. Yeah, you know, I think that's really, really great. If like, yeah, somebody got to him and made him choose, uh, yeah, the made made him believe like, well, no, 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 we are going to fight still eventually, but just wait, just wait a little longer until the time mm-hmm. is right, and and got to him. Uh, I think this is just totally about. My mind goes to you know that's the death of hope, right? Uh, yeah, that's so. What the story is of Rogue One, uh, but the, the death of hope is the triumph of fear, right? That's the whole yeah. point of the Death Star, especially in all the great. Uh, well, it's not even an expanded storytelling. It's in the first uh, film of fear of this battle station will keep the local systems in line. Right. Um, that's the whole idea of the Death Star is secret for now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually Palpatine's going to be like, um, "Hey, galaxy." I have a giant gun to point at your whole planet. So just do what I say. You know, the Senate's gone. The mask is going to drop a little bit, you know? Yeah. Propaganda is still going to be there, but the mask has dropped a little bit. And it's just like, you're mine and you do what I say or I will destroy you. Mm. And now, you know, like, like Jin says in Rogue One, you know, if we give in to, you know, uh, uh, a, 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 an enemy this evil, this powerful, this will just destroy people's hope mm-hmm. to fight back, right? Yeah. So I, I almost feel like the what if story would be like Raddus just really, uh, he, he goes on a guilty bender. <laughs> oh yeah, does some drinking. He, he does some drinking with that flipper. Uh, he slaps um, um, some money down for some booze. If he can grow a scraggy beard, I don't know what that looks like, but he would do it. Uh, and I think he would take it upon himself to, to maybe go like planet to planet and find like, now people yeah. kind of know, like, that Death Star needed to be stopped, but it's too late now. We don't know its weakness. Everybody's terrified of it. Yeah. And the galaxies really has no hope. They're not fighting back at all. And I like the idea of, like, a bearded, <laughs> grizzled rat. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to restore hope to the galaxy one planet at a time. And just, you know, going in with that fighting spirit and yeah. saying, I say we fight. And, and yet he's got one of those, uh, you know, turtleneck sweaters on that we saw the you know in Mandalorian for the uh, Mon Calamari and he's just he's got the beard he's got a beret for some reason now and he's just ready to go he's drinking chowder out of a yeah. roof hose I don't because it's it's the 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 rebellion would be on its uh last leg I think but but there's enough cells around and maybe they you know if they if there's a defeat on Scarif I think they scatter from Yavin they're not oh, yeah. they're not waiting there so the Empire's Still got to take that death ball around and chase every planet. And, may, and Empire, Palpatine would do it, right? He would destroy every last planet he needed to do it. But it's still time. And maybe, maybe the rebellion would be reborn on this day in another way. It's a longer shot. And how do you stop the Death Star? I don't know. It may be, so maybe you have to go for Corson. Maybe you have to go for Palpatine himself. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But that's part of the fun of this for me. It, it's not all doom and gloom, but it's pretty dark and cloudy. Yeah, no, and I think that is the the power of that story. In the, the, the that's like a really scary what if question because you know uh, as Sagar you know shouts uh, you know keep the dream alive, mm-hmm. and this would be the dream dying, and the question of can it be resuscitated uh, by a bearded radis? There you go, in a sweater. So that is my number four. <laughs> but now we're up to your number three Star Wars what if. 
Uh, my number three is in some ways for me uh, uh, about the uh, clarity of the character and the um, the fun of this story. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is a story that some people really want, if not a not a what if, but a what is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my number three is Mace Windu survives his fall in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and I mean, survives it physically and uh, to, at some point emotionally. <laughs> uh, but. We've talked about this a lot. Some people really want Mace Windu to come back uh, in storytelling. I would love a what if story because I, I want more Mace Windu storytelling. Yeah. I love the character. I, I love his his fall and his death being conclusive in Revenge of the Sith uh, because I think it is such a symbol of the, the Jedi falling. It's right. his death that allows all of the other deaths, all the other outcomes. Uh, I love that it is literal he is literally falling from the heights of you know mm-hmm. control that he had mm-hmm. uh, and and falling to his doom and you know people have proposed like he he's grizzled and he's coming back and and that's all really intriguing to me but the biggest thing for me about this what if is my opinion of the character of Mace Windu is that he is different than Obi-Wan or Yoda Obi-Wan and Yoda realize the the flaw of uh, the Clone Wars, their personal failures. They embrace it by saying, we need to go into exile. We need to wait until the time is right. We need to put our hope in the the future generation. Uh, I don't think Mace is that kind of guy. Mace isn't like, I'm just going to take Jango's hand. Mm. We're going to see if that works out. Mace is like, you have proven to me you are a problem. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Good day, sir. Mace you know, that's one of the brilliant parts of that scene. Mace doesn't hesitate. He analyzes the situation. And then once he makes a decision, he goes forward. And uh, it, it's maybe a little dark, but it is very pragmatic of like, yeah, I know the Jedi way is arresting him, but he'll get out because he controls the courts. He controls all these legitimate forms of power. The only way to stop this evil person from wreaking pain and havoc is to end him. So I'm cutting to the chase. He's got to go. Uh, and I don't think surviving a horrific fall, uh, you know, being filled with uh, lightning and uh, losing an arm, I don't think anything changes that. I don't mm-hmm. think Mace is not, Mace doesn't do exiles, in my opinion. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what this is coming down to. Mace, in my opinion, I could be wrong. There could be great storytelling that tells a different story, and I would accept it. But in yeah. my world, Mace doesn't do exiles. So I think this would be a what if of like, Palpatine is, you know, just a couple weeks into the the Empire, and I think it's a door burst open. I think it's yeah. a surprise, Sheev. <laughs> and I think Mace is not holding back. I think he has no let's mm-hmm. stop and re- reflect. I think he would reflect, and he would come to the conclusion of they have to go. And I don't think he would change that. And I think he would just be, even to the uh, perhaps loss of his soul, I mm-hmm. think it would be laser focused on they have to die, and I'll do it. I agree. I 100% agree on everything there. For the sake of this six-episode uh, series that we're greenlighting here, does, <laughs> does he become uh, like like the ghost of Winterfell in, in, in the Game of Thrones books of, of uh, a, a, a character um, that goes and haunts Coruscant from the shadows, slowly <laughs> working his way towards Palpatine? Killing, uh, killing Masameda, uh, you know, uh, taking some of these new dignitaries that are showing up, knocking out some of uh, uh, the, the more crooked politicians. Is it Mace's revenge tour from the shadows until he bursts into that door? And like you said, he's almost like, I know this will cost me my soul, but it needs to be done. 
Yeah. Okay. It, I would be, ha- and, and for me, like that is an intriguing story. That's a true story. I'd love it to be a what if story yeah. because I don't f- think it really fits in the story that we, that we have, the canon Correct. that we know. Correct. Yeah. I, I, yeah, definitely agree with that. But it's one of, it's, it's, the, it's of all the ones we're presenting here. This is one that almost has the most like, this is, I, this is probably why people are intrigued, right? Of yeah. What, what would Mace do? What if, what if is a big one with Mace. Yeah. And, and you know, and then the, the big question is what if, would he succeed? Because maybe he doesn't, you know, at all. Or maybe he takes out Vader, but he can't get to Palpatine or vice versa, you know, and, and changes everything in that way. You know, does he have what it, what it takes? Uh, ultimately, yeah. the Sith are, are defeated by compassion. And if Mace is not in a place to uh, show any compassion and he is just, mm. you know, absolutely rigid in his, this is the only solution, you know, is that, is it possible to take them down that yeah. way? That might be the lesson of the show. This proposed big what if of the, that's the lesson. Nope, you you cost yourself your soul. Because and we'd also get the answer to the age old question that can be uh, wonderfully uh, and uh, debated. Of of if he walks into Palpatine's office and Palpatine's like, "I'm Mace. I was playing around with you. <laughs> just joking. I'm just joking. You you, but no, but just you know, I was just goofy. Yeah, you yeah. you didn't defeat me. I let you defeat me. So right, let's we fight. get the answer to that yeah. one. Yeah. Like, would you like me to pretend to lose to you again, Mace? Oh, oh I can't hold it. Oh, I was joking, <laughs> huh? You hear it now? You hear it? Look at you hear it. I'm doing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a great debate, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna stop myself from saying anything about that because we have yeah. before. So that's yes. my number three. Yes. Mace Windu survives his fall and goes on uh, Revenge of the Jedi, perhaps not wisely. I love that there. All right, by number three, we're going to the Phantom Menace and Padme Amidala, the Queen of Naboo. One of the favorite scenes of ours here. We love when she just uh, takes the information and the idea, kind of putting her head there by Jar Jar, puts the pieces together and wheels on the uh, uh, surprise to be sure I'm going to be nominated Palpatine and says, Senator, this is your arena. I'm going back to mine. And she packs up her bags and goes back to Naboo, which I, I have, we've always talked about. I always believe. I think Palpatine immediately spins that to his advantage. It might have even been something he kind of wanted. But I also think it caught him off guard just enough, and it's one of the things that sets, uh, for me, Padme up as a true rival to Palpatine all the way through the story there in many ways. But what if she doesn't? What if she says, yeah, it's not safe. Uh, you're right. And she doesn't get back to Naboo. Does that mean, Joseph, the, the Gungans don't emerge from uh, the waters to join the fight? Does that mean the Trade Federation just gets to run roughshod, is never challenged, Naboo is destroyed, the people are destroyed, and uh, that stuff goes on? And if that, if, if what I believe that there was a momentary, oh, no, what are you doing from Palpatine, what does that mean going forward for his plan? Like, yes, and then is more are more Trade Federation armies going to invade more planets? There's going to be more just gridlock, bureaucratic uh, uh, BS out there. How does he take that and use that to his advantage? And then what does Padme do stuck on Coruscant? Yeah, no, I love that. Does she get involved in in uh, in politics? Does she even – here's here's a fun what if. Mm-hmm. So uh, going off of yours of how does that, you know, roll out. Mm-hmm. You know, Palpatine, it, it's very clear in Phantom Menace, he, he wants – Padme dead, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think it's because she's a young, inspirational leader. She gives people hope. She th- makes people think that better things are possible. It's like, that, that's never going to be a favorite of old Sheev. Yeah. Um, and I think he's really thinking, like, I for sure get elected if my planet is totally taken over, the young leader is gone, 
mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the Trade Federation, I get to fill my deal. The Trade Federation gets what they want, total control of the Naboo. And like, I think in his mind, yeah, uh, everything gets to accelerate uh, for me in in this plan. Mm-hmm. The Trade mm-hmm. Federation will take over more planets. There'll be more chaos. The dark side will reign even more. Great, great, great. Uh, but if he achieves that just because Padme doesn't leave Coruscant, but now she's this, you know, inspiring, resourceful young person is on Coruscant, does she create even more problems for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, is it If she doesn't go back and save Naboo, and, and Naboo falls in, in horrific tragedy, and like mm-hmm. there's just a, a darkness over the galaxy, and, and the only real impact of that is that uh, that Palpatine still gets elected, does, does Padme go like, this this is mm. not right. You know, just like yeah. Qui-Gon's like, there's something else at work here. Yeah. You know, th- they're not acting the way the Trade Federation should. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is sensing something elsewhere, elusive. It's Padme, like, pull on those strings. And does she actually discover Palpatine? <laughs> I, there's First of all, I think she quotes Joseph Scrimshaw from a very early Force Center episode <laughs> and goes, it's like if Amazon had an army. <laughs> and I think everyone in the chambers goes, we don't know what that is, but we get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, and, and I think all those deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith where with her and Bale and Mon Mothma and Bai um, uh, Ling's character, I, I think those start happening now. Yeah. <laughs> it starts there. So which, which, again, this is the wonderful discussion. I love, I love analyzing Palpatine's journey along the way and how much was planned and how much was happenstance and how much was him adjusting. And I, I think it's a little, little of all of it. And you're right. It's almost like he needs Naboo to get that win. He needs that peace orb because then he becomes sympathetic. She, she from Naboo, uh, and 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 really uh, a defeat. Uh, and Padme sticking around to kind of be like you said, that ain't right. That's going to cause some problems for him. And it's delicious, uh, wonderful what if for me. Yeah, I really really like that one. And that's one that that really goes to like you know choice is what makes character right. And and it's hard to imagine what would make Padme make that choice, right? Yeah. Because this yeah. is who she is to go back, right? Yeah, to, to oh, a thousandth degree. And it's, and it's you know, it's a great Jar Jar moment and just his uh, his pure heart and, and uh, proud uh, Gungan uh, heritage coming through and, and it united and a brave decision for Padme. All those things you and I have talked about before and we'll talk again, but yeah, you're right. Uh, could she have thought, well, there's another way to fight and the fight is here. But yeah, no. I mean, that's another great what if, if, you know, uh, maybe Palpatine doesn't try to have her killed, but it says like to Maul, like, come to Coruscant, abduct her so she can't go back. And yeah. Jar Jar goes back. Yeah. <laughs> and Jar Jar saves the day on Naboo. Hey, steady, steady. Steady. So that is uh, my number three what if. We're up to your number two. Uh, my number two, we are going back to Leia. I have so many uh, Leia what ifs, uh, but this is going into the sequel era. I was thinking a lot about uh, Ben Solo and, and what are significant moments, significant choices uh, for Leia, for Ben. So my number two is what if Leia decided to train Ben Solo herself mm. instead of sending him away to Luke? I think that's such a key moment because that is what Leia is reflecting on in The Force Awakens, right? Where she says, I shouldn't have sent him away. That's when I lost him. That's when I lost you both, she says to Han. Um, this goes to something that we were talking about uh, earlier this week uh, on our News and Cues show about Leia's uh, relationship with uh, being a Jedi, being Force-sensitive, of like aware of that part of her her heritage, but you know, having put it down both because of a a vision about Ben's fate and also about eh, this is not my arena. I can, I can help more uh, mm-hmm. a, as a political leader. Um, but, you know, 
what if she had a vision, right? Mm -hmm. uh, another vision uh, and realized that what she, what Ben actually needed was not the Luke's great Jedi guidance, but what he needed was uh, for, for him that what Ben needed was for her to really believe in him and to feel mm -hmm, that. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for her to be able to go like, look, kid, I've wrestled with it too. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to tell you the truth earlier than I was told um, about your legacy. And, you know, it, people are going to think things about you. You're going to feel, uh, you know, angry thoughts. Um, and, and that's okay. We'll, we'll work it out together and let's, you know, stay, stay on this path together. If Leo had been able to do that, you know, as we learn about the tragedy of Ben Solo, uh, we learn that Palpatine had been picking at him, mm -hmm. uh, you know, under the guise of Snoke. And if Leia had been able to discover that earlier and uh, great revelation in Rise of Skywalker that uh, Ben has always this, felt this pull to the light. Yeah. And maybe that light is even really Leia. And, and mm. the reason he can never say, oh, I made a mistake and turn around is, well, I've disappointed her so bad. She's the one person I can't disappoint. She she won't take me back. Mm. And if he never had to have that fear that she won't take me back, you know, yeah. would that have been Leia foiling uh, Palpatine's plan as he's hanging there from his, uh, his little claw arm hook? Yeah. You know, would that have rippled out of if Leia had successfully d done what she does in Rise of Skywalker and taken Ben off the table right. from being manipulated by Palpatine? It would have Palpatine pivoted back to like, okay, well, search is back on for the granddaughter. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Gotta get her. Yeah, uh, absolutely, right, absolutely. And then, uh, and Luke's probably still a target, but imagine the target because she's she's going to do this more earlier, right, in the story. Imagine the target now when Leia's back from uh, the spirit of Palpatine and uh, Snoke one, two, three, four, and five, and all of like, like she is now. She's already a symbol of this, but it's almost like she is she is truly Padme's daughter uh, for Palpatine at this point. Again, she always always was that that great line of the Princess of Alderaan. Um, messing up my old plans again is essentially what Palpatine's saying. But I, 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 I it's a fascinating one because there's there's the positive effect on Ben. I think you're right. I think I think more, most likely he's not on the table for that. Uh, he is a better base, and it's not a, it's not saying anything wrong uh, bad about Luke in this training. Uh, we get that, but like, you know what I mean? And then and then suddenly she has to she has to deal with. I, I think her saber has to come out a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that, that would be one that would be just sort of like bittersweet to see, but also like, this is the, the fun of the what if too, of like yeah. imagining Leia saying like, okay, maybe I was wrong. I'll, I'll try a different path. Maybe I will, you know, resign uh, from being a, a Senator, from being a political leader and I'll pick up that blade again. And you get to see Leia traveling around with a blade with young Ben Solo. That would just be a fun, cool adventure, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then she's also, it's, it's about her uh, trust and, and the legacy of, of other politicians. And maybe there's a point where she's like, all right, uh, you all got this and this is, that's your journey. And I'm going to go start uh, the next generation with this kid here too. So uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of uh, positive uh, things to fall out of that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my number two. What if Leia trained Ben Solo? That's a that's a big one, and I think I didn't I really intend it this way, but my number two kind of connects with that a bit, uh, and that is the the question of what if Luke Skywalker dies on the second Death Star? Wow! Boom! Can't get shuttle. He gets in the shuttle uh, the shuttle uh, there. I was gonna, well shuttle that area. That wouldn't be the one, but the Lambda class shuttle presses the ignition key, and, and nothing, nothing's working. It's, he can't get out, <laughs> uh, and uh, he. Uh, 
he dies with his father because uh, you, you you know you need to argue it. Luke was prepared to not come back. Oh yes, uh, that was a little bit what was going on. So if at one point he just looks around and I can't, I, we're we're going uh, we're going together. So he dies. What's the ramifications? The New Republic still forms. The Death Star still destroyed. Everything kind of happens as is on that regard. In, in that regard, but this idea of again, we don't know what he's doing too much in these five years, other than uh, getting Grogu and collecting. Uh, compasses and stuff like that. But uh, no, uh, we know uh, eventually he sets up a school. Eventually he starts trying to move the Jedi Order forward. So with that off the table, does Leia have to pick up that mantle? Does Leia even know how to pick up that mantle at that point? Because she hasn't got, not got a lot of information other than uh, huh, some I've known, I've always known about her father, Luke, and the whole situation. Who does she turn to? Where does she go? Is it Ezra? Does she call up Ezra? I heard, hey, I heard you. Uh, we'll find all that stuff out. But uh, I think a lot a lot of the focus would then be on Leia. And then maybe she goes, all right, this is my uh, destiny. This is my path forward. It isn't being a politician. It's picking up this mantle. That's probably the big spot I go to first. But uh, other than that, I'm glad Luke doesn't die in that second Death Star. But it, it raises big questions for me. Yeah, yeah, no, some of these what-ifs are, like, really fun, and some are like, that's awful. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but this is such a great one. Uh, yeah, because I can almost see it, right, of there, there's the, the Death Star explodes, the Ewoks are cheering, Han turns to Leia, is like, I'm sure Luke wasn't on that thing when, when it blew, and Leia's, you know, uh, just looks devastated and says he was, you know, because she would know yeah. Uh, at, yeah. at that point, the being connected, you know, and that would be a very sad scene. Uh, <laughs> As Ewoks dance around him. He walks, dance around, and Leia's heavy-hearted knowing her, her brother just died. But I wonder also, like, I feel like Luke would have had some amount of peace and purpose. of Like, he went there mm-hmm. willing not to come back, which there is really that feeling on that Ewok bridge of, like, if I don't come back, you are the hope. And, yeah. you know, that's part of the reason that he's telling her now, because she needs to have this information. So I think he'd have that, like, she'd have that feeling of L- Luke died with purpose, and, and he thinks I should continue. And I think... You know, Leia's, her connection to the Force, in my opinion, is so intuitive. I, I think her ability to connect with Luke, uh, if he in, indeed did become one with the Force, uh, I think she'd be able to connect with him pretty quickly. And I think she'd mm. get some shimmering, uh, definitely some Luke voices. I think she'd get some full shimmering Luke appearances uh, sitting down at the dining table <laughs> in ghost yeah. form. Uh, and this is this is where my mind went strangely on this what if, is uh, we don't have all the details. Uh, but we know that um, Ahsoka was not uh, present uh, during the Galactic Civil War, uh, but eventually uh, came out of the world between worlds or got herself off of uh, the planet uh, she was marooned on there. Uh, and if at some point, not not too long after these events, Luke appears to her and says, "You, I know who you need to see yeah. to complete your training and sends her to Ahsoka. That would be cool. Oh, then, then then we have the Leia Ahsoka dream series that uh, we all didn't know we wanted, but we kind of felt we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I love that. This is why I think about it of like you know taking a different shot at a different pool ball because just the, the way things ricochet is just so fascinating. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, that is my number two. It's a potentially sad one there, but I think uh, you know with Ewoks dancing, it's almost like a Wes Anderson film that ends with a little sadness, some hope, and a great British uh, '60s rock song. 
as everyone <laughs> in slow motion, Ewoks dance and Leia kind of realizes the hope is now on her. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side, some honorable mentions, and then our number one choices for our favorite Star Wars what if questions. Stick around here at Star Wars Rant. <laughs> Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Force Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Force Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> 
Welcome back to Star Wars Rank. Joseph Scrimshaw and myself are having some fun, but also pulling our own, our own heartstrings and fears, talking about Star Wars what-ifs. These are things that didn't happen, but what if they did? I think you get the concept, and we are going to go to our number one choices, but as we always do, we're going to stop along the way to check on some honorable mentions, some runner-ups, some ideas that almost made our list. Uh, Joseph, what are some of yours? Yeah, my first what if is I asked myself, what if I contained myself? Because I had a list of about 15 honorable mentions. <laughs> and I decided to try to pull it back into the ones that were kind of came from a different perspective, a different uh, spirit. So this is one that would be mostly just kind of like cool. Uh, what if Orson Krennic survives Scarif? What Ooh, if, yeah. you know, Tarkin says, yeah, fire on it. And Orson Krennic somehow, I don't know, he's got rocket boots. He gets out of the way. Yeah, yeah. He he blasts off. He says, like, they were willing to use my creation mm. to destroy the evidence of it, to destroy me. I think this would be uh, similar to Mace Windu, very different, though, of Orson Krennic trying to take back the Death Star from Tarkin. <laughs> I love this Orson Krennic's administrative revenge tour. <laughs> exactly he would fake some uh emails that tarkin sent that would really piss off sheev does, uh, does he go to the rebellion and it's it's almost like a hux like oh. it's not a change of heart it's a change of uh change of uh you know job titles i guess uh i i i could see him out of spite doing that yeah does he have a personal backup of the plans at a different location oh that would be amazing yeah yeah and can we trust Krennic? Yeah, the big face-off between uh, Krennic and Dodonna. Can they trust one another? So you've told us, yes. <laughs> so that was one. Um, another one for me, uh, and this is one where I could do like 800 different versions of this. We have these characters of, of fate and destiny who seem to be moving toward this moment of great choice, and that's where big things change in the galaxy often. Uh, but then there are moments where they could die. Could have died a lot of times. Anakin could have died a lot of times. Uh, so I had this what if from The Last Jedi. Uh, what if Rey and Kylo are on the supremacy? They're fighting over that lightsaber. Uh, this is a big moment of choice and fate. And then, yeah, boom, Holdo kills them on the supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> they just die. Yeah. Uh, it, that one was intriguing to me because I think that would have meant Finn stepping into the spotlight mm. to to uh the threat of kylo would have been gone the threat of palpatine would not have been gone right, right. uh and would would uh would finn have maybe felt his connection to the force even stronger or or felt propelled to develop it in a different way or more quickly you know 100 percent. pick up that saber in a way yeah i mean not that one because that one's blown up now that, that one's, one's gone but he would find a new one <laughs> yeah Leia's got to be like, I don't know where my brother went, but he 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 has my saber. Let's try to find him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my final one, Ken, is a little bit of just a a joke uh, because it is the question that gets asked uh, so many times. Uh, what if on Yavin Chewie also did get a medal during the ceremony and everything? Oh. Yeah, I think I. You know, it's been a lot. Everyone have been a lot happier. <laughs> yeah, everybody feel really positive, and I don't think anything else would change at all. Nah, yeah, but but uh, we would yeah we wouldn't have an emotional moment of rise of Skywalker. Yep, that that would be it. Yep, that Maz wouldn't give him that medal at the end. Uh, yeah, I think it, that what if episode if it was like a half hour animated series would just be like 
20 minutes of Chewy polishing his metal. <laughs> It'd be 20 minutes of Chewy showing everyone. Yeah, great. We're evacuating right now. There's <laughs> <laughs> a whole Life Day episode where he just goes home to show uh, Molotobuck his metal. Oh, that would be great. So those are my honorable mentions. Love it. Yeah, we could go on and on and on. I got a couple here. Uh, going back to well, Last Jedi, talking about the supremacy. So what if Phasma survives that fall? What if she lands on a mattress and uh, gets up and gets on out of there again and escapes death and not only be kind of a running joke, but what does she do? And I uh, I don't have that answer other than what one of the ideas that I thought something you might see in, in episode eight, that she is hunting down Finn and that it is uh, personal at this point and, and it's a thing that goes on. And so uh, I think that carries over. It doesn't even need to be in episode nine. It just carries over in another book, Phasma versus Finn. X versus Sever, some action movie adventure uh, of them and, and the final chapter of their battle. Phasma and Furious. I love it. I, I think uh, Finn versus Phasma. This is one I, I got to say, uh, I really want it to be not a what if, but a what is. I, I think yeah. there's such a long tradition of characters surviving. This is where it, we live in an adventure serial world. Oh, she fell into some flames. She'll She's fine. Right. She's fine. And this would be a great story. You know, if there is ever uh, more of uh, Finn storytelling, I would love a, a Finn Phasma rematch. That's right. We got that, uh, you know, weird, weird, far off rumor of, uh, you know, Finn series. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Uh, all right. Uh, final one for me going to attack the clones. We, we have played around with this one, but what if Obi-Wan Kenobi does join Count Dooku uh, to try and kill the Sith? Where does that go? How how honest was Dooku in that moment? What really did he want? Is he to one side? Nah, he just likes power. So I think he was sincere in that offer. What if uh, Obi-Wan says, hey, you know, you're right. Yeah, Qui-Gon would have gone with you. Let's do it. Let's team up. High five, man. Uh, for Kenobi, I think he'd be approaching it as a, a 100% different angle than Dooku. For Dooku, it'd be a little bit like Krennic joining the rebellion to get revenge. Just whatever, whatever cloth I need to put on to get my job done and, and get closer to the ultimate power that I want. Uh, you know, what happens from there? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. My mind immediately goes to, I think, if uh, Dooku had been surprised by Kenobi and Kenobi was like, yeah, I think it would be because Kenobi would be trying to play him of like, mm. I'm going to ride this out so I can find out the identity of this other Sith, find out if this is true. Uh, but I think Dooku would want to make him his apprentice, which would mean he would start, you know, uh, teaching him the lessons of pain and trying to torture and break Obi-Wan. And I don't think Obi-Wan breaks. Mm -hmm. So I think it's this very dark episode of Dooku torturing Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan trying to pretend that he has fallen to the dark side to pretend that he has been broken. Because we see in the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan lets himself take punishment for what is right. He's not afraid of physical pain. Right. So I think he goes through hell trying to prove to Dooku that he fell to the dark side. And the question is, will Dooku believe it? Mm. Does does how much of this, because this would lead to maybe the discovery of Palpatine, maybe for Kenobi, right? Of, of what he is, uh, the whole thing. Does How much is, is Kenobi now truly like a private eye, noir turned spy thriller uh, going undercover? Like you said, taking that pain all to get to that throne room. With yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I think, I think Palpatine so hates Obi-Wan. I think if he got any wind of this, he'd be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving Coruscant. Get me a ship, Masamita. Yeah. Get me my two lightsabers. This ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Also, I still think it all leads to Dooku dying. <laughs> yes. I think that is a, what if Dooku died eight different ways, yeah. but he's dying. 
There you go. Those are some big choices that lead to some big what if questions. We're on to our number one choices here for our Star Wars what ifs. And mine is actually going to a novel, Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. One of the best moments. And uh, I guess a light spoiler warning for those who still haven't read this book a few years old, though. Uh, check it out if you haven't. Uh, but what if uh, Moff Panaka, not Captain Panaka, but Moff Panaka is able to tell Palpatine about Leia, the daughter of Padme. What if he gets that phone call off before the partisans blow up his abode? What do you think about that, Joseph? What could happen? What does Palpatine do? Curses, curses. Padme's at it again. Uh, What is the chain of events from there? Yeah, I think that he uh, immediately starts uh, conniving to get control of Leia, you know, because I think uh, I think for him, it's always been like Anakin was going to be so powerful. He's going to be such a great tool. He's still good as Vader. (laughs) But I mean, I think that's what's going on with Luke. Like, but I'd I'd trade in for a a younger model. model, Yeah. You know, and if part of Palpatine's ultimate plan here is he is experimenting uh, with a uh, cloning and uh, dark science and the dark side and yeah. and eventually does want to you know make the uh the the uh, exchange of, of sith not just a tradition of passing it down but he wants to take over you know a young healthy body i think we go to lots of creepy places real quick <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah i think he i think leia is a threat to be eliminated or can he break her you know and that maybe that's fascinating because maybe he really does like with Luke. He's like interesting. Yeah, let's right. let's play this out. Uh, I bet I can break him. I bet I can break him in record time. I can use his dad against him. This will be great. This will be easy. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I wonder if he actually hears Leia like and like oh I I already know her. She's a problem. Of course she's Padme's daughter. Yeah. Kill her. She's got to go. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of that in my head of just like now uh, Bale becomes even more of a target. Alderaan, you know, they're not going to even wait for the Death Star. Might Something bad might happen there. And because he, he's not going to be able to, you know, at this point in the story, she's younger. She's in, in the uh, Imperial Senate school program, so to speak. Uh, does he try at all to like, ah, let's pull her in, uh, you know, Try to let me try to mentor her, to, I, but I think you're right. I think because deep down he is terrified of the legacy of Padme. He's not terrified of the legacy of Anakin. He's got that under his thumb. But Padme, man, that's she's gone. She was the key to his plan in terms of uh, Anakin falling, and to have uh, it, like you said, like it would almost immediately be like, ah, oh, I gotta be so stupid. Yeah. She does remind me of Pat. <laughs> she really looks a lot like her and, yeah. and acts like her too. Yeah. 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 And that's a problem for him. So I think, I think you're right. I, I think it would be a little bit more of a, she's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That is a scary and a fascinating one. I love that one. Yeah. Almost happened. Oh, that's still one of my favorite parts of that book. Just, oh, you just, you realize that you're working out the math with Panaka. Uh, so it's a wonderful what if. So that's my number one choice. But we are going to close the show with your number one Star Wars what if. Uh, my number one is is one that I feel like is one of the biggest moments of choice or destiny, depending on how you want to look at it. I really think it's about choice. It is what if Anakin does not stop Mace from eliminating Palpatine? Right. Um, I think that is the fateful choice, right, uh, of uh, Anakin saying, I need him, uh, you know, I need to save her. 
Uh, I can't live without her. Actually, not not even I need to save her. That would be a little bit more selfless. It is the selfish. I can't live without her. I need him. Uh, it is this fear of losing pa- uh, Padme and, and going through that pain himself that makes him ignite that saber and take Mace's window, Mace Windu's arm off. Yeah. If Anakin has a, a moment somehow, uh, takes a deep breath, uh, feels uh, the power of the light side, truly... Uh, you know, imagines what his mom would say, uh, imagines what Padme would think, what Padme would truly want, uh, and just manages to stop himself, just manages in that moment to make a different choice. What I really liked about this, and this is totally opinion, totally headcanon, I think it's utterly uh, open for uh, discussion, uh, but what I really like about uh, the way the, the whole Chosen One idea is structured is, I feel like Anakin has the opportunity to fulfill uh, the prophecy of destroying the Sith twice. Mm, yeah, yeah. He, I think it's meaningful that it, it's, it's dark, it's vengeful, it's not done in the right way, but he stops Dooku. And he has the opportunity in this moment, this choice, to stop Palpatine. And initially he makes that choice because Palpatine puts the offer in front of him of like, look, learn my secrets. It's the only way you're going to save your wife. And, and Anakin is still strong enough to go and tell Mace that, that Palpatine is the Sith and he can't hold on to the strength. The fear gets him right. But if he'd been able to hold on to that strength and just allow it to play out, it, he wouldn't have been the actual instrument of uh, Palpatine's death, but it would have been his choice that mm-hmm. stopped the Sith from taking over. And I, 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 that's what I really like about the story is in my uh, opinion, again, utterly subjective, Anakin could have fulfilled that destiny earlier and stopped the galaxy from going through these decades of pain instead of eventually making that selfless choice of compassion that he does uh, in Return of the Jedi. Part of the lesson, right? Make the right choices and make them at the right time. Yeah. Uh, they still might get there. Yeah, I, I love the idea, too, of uh, just kind of the force itself, kind of looking at its watch going, all right, you didn't, all right, you didn't take that one. All right, all right, let's give him another one. Give him another choice. <laughs> Keep coming. Yeah, well, and and I think that that is this great that great uh, story of fate and destiny. What changes, what doesn't, and and to me, the fate and destiny is like okay, well, you know, you have power, you're connected to certain people, certain events, so you're always going to have this choice in front of you, mm-hmm. and you know, you can't control the fate and the destiny part. This choice is going to keep being put in front of you because of the happenstance of the galaxy, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're but it but it's all about choice, right? And that's super fascinating with these star wars what if because they always come back to to choice there's some things you can't control some things you can but these pivotal moments you know anakin always had the power he could have always made a different choice yeah not not to spun, uh, spin us off into even more discussion but you know i'm running through through the idea all right so mace boom slices palpatine in two and and he does die he's gone he's done he's off the table and, and does Anakin? Yeah, he's he's reunited. He gets to uh, you know uh, go hold hold hands with Padme, but he's still secretly married to her. He's still got that above him. So does he go into your other quiet? Like does he does he say, hey, here's who I am, and then that causes some more friction and and some other problems. And even though the, the Sith are gone and maybe a prophecy is fulfilled for Anakin himself, what does he do? I don't know if it's all flowers and fireworks and roses there at the end. It could be another uh, some more trouble down the line. 
what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is one of the things that I really uh, also like about this idea is, you know, Anakin is doing all this because he has this vision of a bad thing that could happen. But I think if Palpatine dies, I think Padme survives because, Correct. Uh, you know, we don't know the entire journey, but um, obviously uh, Anakin's actions and Palpatine's aren't great for, for Padme. Right. Um, but it's really interesting because in Revenge of the Sith, there is this track where it is all about fear of uh, not having enough power to to stop people from dying, so he he doesn't have to feel that pain. But there is also this threat of greed, right? Of that he just kind of wants more power because it is addictive, and he's been told since he was very young, "You're so powerful." And Palpatine's been pushing on that button of like they're holding you back, you know. So so does Anakin fulfill his prophecy? The Jedi are like amazing. You did it, Anakin, and he's still got that greed. He still has Padme. So as the kids, maybe even tells the Jedi, like, I'm married and I got kids coming and I don't care. And and there there is still something eating at him because he still wants more. Yeah. It's that, yeah, forever dominates your destiny type of uh, cause and effect, maybe a little bit there. But hey, you know what? Luckily, uh, Mace died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, that would be fun to explore. Or, uh, you know, is people make great artwork of, I'd also be happy if this, the beginning of this is real dark. Uh, it is Anakin, you know, uh, uh, not uh, stopping Mace. Mace uh, slaughters uh, Palpatine. Maybe Mace uh, has some problems with that himself and has to wrestle with that. Uh, but then the rest of the episode is really Anakin and Padme and, and Luke and Leia and, and Uncle Obi-Wan hanging out on the beach. That'd be great, too. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, some Mai Tais, some uh, margaritas with sugar on the rim. All a great time. Yeah. <laughs> great time. Exactly. That's, uh, that's the way of these things. Eventually, they lead to drinks on the beach. Absolutely. But jokes aside, that is a big question. Perhaps the big what-if question of Star Wars. Oh, man, love it. This has been a lot of fun. We could go a lot longer, Joseph, but uh, what if uh, we ended the show now is the question we're going to ask ourselves here. I think it is going to ricochet out into the rest of our days, and who knows how our destiny will change by stopping talking now. We're sure you have your own Star Wars what-ifs or maybe some thoughts on uh, these uh, ones we presented to you today. You can follow us by going to Twitter at, at looking at Force at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can also follow us on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. You can also get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. While uh, supplies last, uh, we've got some commemorative, exclusive Force Center 1000 posters designed by the great Brian Ward. And top two, uh, the top two tier support groups uh, get those posters uh, sent to you uh, now. I'm get, I'm going to the post office probably even today to start the process here. So uh, there you go. Go to patreon.com slash Force Center for more. You can follow me at Ken Napsack. Go to KenNapsack.com for information on stand-up comedy shows, uh, other things I do, including my new radio show, Pop Rock and Radio, if you like uh, rock and pop music. Uh, i got a show on Mixcloud now and other things as well. So for you, Joseph, where can they go? Yeah, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm going to be sharing more of my fun action figures on TikTok, so check that out if you're interested. For all my other comedy adventures, you can find links to everything on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Do it. Check it out. That's it for now. We'll see you, my friend. Star Wars has been wet.
When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.